On Sunday, October 27th, OHSU and local agencies will participate in a full-scale active shooter simulation exercise. Practice and preparation for the worst could save lives and improve OHSU's ability to respond. It's Tuesday, October 8th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. Lisa, before we get to our interview, what news do we need to highlight from last week? Last Tuesday, OHSU launched iSIMS as its new recruitment system. So this is a new web platform that candidates will use to apply to jobs at OHSU and hiring departments will use to manage their recruitments. And from what I've seen, this is a much improved experience over iRecruitment. Yes. So if I'm looking for jobs, how do I get to iSIMS? Well, you can go to OHSU's external website, so ohsu.edu forward slash jobs, and click on the apply button. You'll see a series of links, and for current OHSU employees, there is a portal for internal jobs that you'll want to go directly to. And what else happened last week? Well, flu vaccination clinics kicked off. Patrick, have you gotten your flu shot yet? I have not yet. Well, I got mine last Thursday down at CHH. It was a great experience, no wait at all. And believe it or not, more than 4,600 vaccinations were given to OHSU members last week. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I've heard that there's been no lines, so um, there's really no excuse for me and everyone else to (laughs) not go out and get our flu vaccine. And uh, you can also go to OHSU now for the schedule of clinics being held throughout the month, as well as other alternatives for getting vaccinated. So anything else to highlight? A quick reminder that the tram elevator is closed this week for maintenance, and detours are posted on OHSU now. And there was an important message posted last week from President Jacobs about the Oregon Pay Equity Act and OHSU's plans in the coming months related to the law. So we encourage everyone to read the why on OHSU Now. Let's move on to our main interview. Kelsey Hewalt sat down with several OHSU colleagues involved in this month's active shooter simulation to learn more about the drill and why this type of preparation and training is essential. All right, to start, can you all introduce yourselves? Good morning. Tom Forsythe, training lieutenant, OHSU Police. Hello, Heath Kula. I'm the chief of police here at OHSU. I'm Susan Ferguson, the uh, healthcare emergency manager. Well, thank you for sitting down with me. I know we have an active threat exercise coming up on October 27th. What else have we done and what is really the rationale for creating something like that where we do a large-scale simulation? Well, I'll talk about the history and then maybe turn it over to Tom to talk about the drill itself. As you may or may not be aware, a little bit of history for the police department itself, um, our preparedness for an active threat or active shooter event uh, was a large part of the conversation uh, when the institution was deciding whether to have a police department and specifically an armed police department on campus and so when the department made that transition in 2012 and then became armed in 2014 we did a lot of uh, preparation in terms of training policy procedures our interactions with outside law enforcement uh, port and fire bureau amr to really ensure we were as prepared as we could be to intervene in that kind of situation but not only intervene, but do so as safely and as quickly as possible. And to continue with that, uh, this is a great opportunity for t- to uh, test our training. So all the training that's led up to this and the, uh, specifically the training we've done in the last 
two years or so, our interoperability with other, uh, our counterparts with Portland Police, Portland Fire, AMR. And the exercise will test us all the way from neutralizing the threat to uh, victim care, victim staging areas, casualty collection points, and then ambulance exchange, and to move them efficiently over to the ED, and then testing healthcare all the way from the ED to the OR. So it's really going to be a full-scale exercise participated in by all of our counterparts. And why full-scale? What's so important about doing the full-scale? As I mentioned, it tests our training because we train in every part of that uh, and our ability to switch our missions as well because we found that from the police side, it's not just stopping the threat. It's stopping the threat and then being able to switch gears and start in, in victim care and in, in, uh, in providing tourniquets or efficient use of our time and resources to move victims to casualty care and begin treatment immediately and triage. And the sooner we can do that, the more lives we can save. So that efficiency throughout the process uh, with all of our counterparts involved is really what's going to provide a gap analysis to where we need to drive training in the future and also where we are now and where we need to be. So with that, on October 27th, what should we expect? What will be happening throughout the day and are there buildings impacted, so on? Yes. So as we said, it's full scale. It's rather large, the largest we've ever had. Um, it will, there will be signage everywhere to kind of let you know what's happening so that it's clear to our patients and our patient families. Um, people will be speaking to different areas of the hospital to let know, uh, staff know what's happening and be ready. We have flyers coming out. There's banners on O2. We want to make sure everyone's aware because a large part of the hospital is impacted. Research is heavily impacted and will be cordoned off uh, safely. Patient care in the healthcare areas won't be impacted, but we will take up as much space as possible for this exercise as long as it's not interfering with patient care. And it will involve the ED, the OR, critical care, and acute care. And can people get involved if they want and volunteer or be part of the exercise? That would be great. There's a sign-up on Compass. Um, there's still some spots available. And so we'd love it if people got involved, yes. And if you can't make that event on October 27th, are there other ways that we're recommending practicing and training? I mean, we're practicing for an event. But are there other things we can all do to help keep us prepared? Yes, we're providing uh, three training opportunities on active shooter preparedness, um, as well as we're always available to provide in each workspace a um, class in the classroom setting our active shooter preparedness training. Uh, the current trainings are on Compass, and then um, after that they can reach out to me. Are there any areas you're expecting we will need to work on or that you found that we needed to work on in even just the planning so far? One thing that stands out to me that we've, we've really been um, hitting hard is our management, active shooter incident management, uh, because as you can imagine, um, there will be a lot of resources if something like that were to happen um, that will self-deploy and just show up and everybody wants to help but the effective management of those resources becomes very very important especially when we're in the environment that we are here um, it's a very challenging area to try to manage and um, deploy assets and resources so that's 
been a big discussion that we've had in our management and command group. In the healthcare area, what's come up um, as I've done workshops with the different um, areas that are uh, being part of the exercise or are going to be part of the exercise uh, is concern for safety of themselves and their patients. Many areas don't feel like they have adequate ability to lock down. Um, and also then the aftercare between the staff, the staff's families, the patients, the patients' families, the families that are not on campus. Um, so those are the two biggest things that have come out of my workshops. What are we doing that's going to help solve some of those issues? There's two things. Um, I believe that this exercise will show us if those, the concerns about the locking up and safety um, are addressed as well as we want them to be. This is our opportunity to find our strengths um, and to address those things that need to be addressed. But the second part is um, we've already started reaching out to Spark, who helps our employees. And we also know of places in the community that offer support for uh, post-traumatic in uh, instances. We also are offering that support to people who are part of the exercise in case for some reason it's triggering just having the exercise, let alone something real. So we are trying to anticipate um, anything. Why are we focusing on active threats? There are a lot of things that could go wrong. There are earthquakes. There are lots of issues. Why active threat? Why are we putting the resources behind this? I think because it's a, it's a real threat, and it's something that, unfortunately, is um, part of our society today. And so we need to be prepared, as the chief mentioned, best practice, and uh, continuing to train. And this is really the only exercise that I've heard of that includes all the way from the, the initial event through police, fire, ambulance, to healthcare. And so I think it's something that, uh, as I mentioned, unfortunately, is part of our society today. And we need to be as um, efficient and um, as good as we can possibly be. And in preparation, it's always for all hazards. So this could be an active shooter, but it could also be a bomb in a building or a bus crash or the tram crash or any number of things. So many of the actions are the same. You want those kind of redundancies in your plans so that you're ready for anything. So although it is this thing, it could be used. What's learned could be used um, in, in many other areas. There are going to be circumstances that don't work. If there are things where your circumstances are a little bit different or you have questions on how you could respond or better prepare yourself to respond in those situations, would you all be comfortable talking through those with people? Our classes are offered uh, not only in general but on request. And when we give the training to a specific group with unique circumstances or for that particular environment, we definitely craft the training to be ap applicable. Mm -hmm. I would say that the run, hide, fight training does go into um, that sequence of options in order. Our preference is if you can remove yourself from risk that you run, and again, run is not just to the next compartment, to the next building, it's evacuate, clear yourself of any chance of being in the uh, immediate danger of the threat presented. Hide, again, is a little bit understated. This is almost more like barricade. Uh, do everything you can to put barriers between yourself and that risk. And then fight as the last-ditch option. Um, 
if you're confronted with this type of uh, person who intends to take life. Um, and so I think the, the training covers a wide variety of circumstances, even if a Ochisu healthcare workforce member can't leave the patient we would prefer you run, but if that's not an option based on the interaction you're having with that individual patient at that particular time, hide, barricade are options to both your benefit and the benefit of the patient. And then again, as the, the last option, fight. This is intense stuff and I'll probably a lot to think through and this kind of event can't be easy for the officers and all of you who are participating in it. How do you personally deal with that? What do you do so that you can work through those emotions? So from my perspective, um, at this point in my career, I worry more about preparing officers for this type of response than um, responding myself. But I will say that our command staff is uh, present uh, on campus, uh, trained, and would be part of this response were it to occur. And I think what I mentioned earlier, one of the large parts is uh, having prepared and trained Um, so that even when you're scared, even if you are under uh, a large amount of stress, that you can perform. And uh, I think that's not specific to OHSU's police officers. I think there's a lot of roles here at OHSU where that is the case. Um, But in particular, you know, we are aware that the statistics say that there's about a 50-50 chance of an officer getting shot if we have to engage with this kind of threat. Uh, And a lot of the tactics we bring to engaging this type of threat are geared towards saving life. Um, So on one hand, yes, it can be um, difficult, but on the other hand, uh, we know that the actions we're taking in this type of situation are potentially going to save uh, more than one life. And also, we're currently in the process of developing a wellness program for all of our employees and um, recognizing that um, we uh, we want to support healthy families, healthy lifestyle, nutrition, uh, because working shift work, as as most of us know in this organization, can be really hard on your home life and on your uh, on your nutrition. So we're trying to encourage that as well and provide some training, and then also providing healthy outlets for stress. One of the things that I saw in my career as a bedside nurse was. Um, bottling up because I worked in trauma and I worked in intensive care so everyone was sick. While I was there we instituted debriefs after codes, after particularly difficult things. Talk about what went really well and what didn't go so well and not only could you improve performance but you got to tell the people around you you did everything you could and I think when people can walk away from that um, not bottling and being able to compare stories of what just happened people feel better they feel more open and then I think it also gives us an opportunity to see those people that may not have dealt with it very well and help them find somebody else to talk to well thank you and good luck on October 27th I hope the practice is absolutely seamless Um, thank you all thanks OHSE week is a production of strategic communications This episode was produced by Kelsey Hewalt and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. See you next week.